Welcome to the Nations Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. How are you going today, church? Online, great to be with you as well, wherever you're dialing in from. Such a privilege uh, to be sharing God's Word with us in God's house. And, um, you know, if I've never met you before, my name is Matt. Uh, my wife, Sydney, and I, uh, we get to uh, be a part of our youth and young adults ministry here at Nations Church. And, uh, man, can I just tell you, God's been doing something really special in our next generation. Give me a wave if you've got a teenager and you're part of this house. Give me every single person. Just give us a wave right now. Can we give a round of applause for all the parents of teenagers? You guys, the sometimes unsung heroes of youth ministry. I know we couldn't do what we do without you, but God has just been moving in our lives, uh, moving in our young people's lives. And can I tell you, we're still getting praise reports coming back in from Nations Youth Summer Camp. We truly had a move of God a few weeks ago at Summer Camp. I've, I've been in youth ministry since I actually got saved in this house when I was in year eight uh, in 2007. And uh, what, what, what's scary is that youth ministry, when I tell people that, I ask who wasn't born in 2007, everyone puts up their hand. And so I'm starting, you know, 30 is slowly approaching me and uh, it's, it's taunting me from afar at the moment. I'm 27 today. Um, but, you know, I've been in youth ministry for t- pretty much since then. And uh, can I tell you, I've never seen a move of God like what we're seeing right now. You know, I've never seen God's Spirit touching young people, God setting people free to the degree that we're seeing it now. So I want to encourage you, if you're a parent in our house, or maybe you know a parent that's got teenagers, I want to challenge you to challenge your young person to prioritize Friday night. I'm the biggest believer. There is no better place that you can force your young person to go than the house of God. Come on, we we force them to go to school. We force them to go to sport when they don't like it. I believe God's raising up a generation of parents they're going to force them to go to church as well. And can I tell you, it's not because we need numbers. It's not for that. But there is just something powerful about the atmosphere of the presence of God. You know, we've, we've had just young people coming in. Even just two weeks ago, we had a young person come to our youth ministry for the first time. And uh, they'd never come to our, our, our church program necessarily. They're actually from the foster family day that happened at the end of last year from a total non-Christian family. Anyway, uh, one of our youth leaders met them at the foster family day and said, hey, why don't, why don't you come to youth? We'd love to have you. Gave the number, you know, all that. Anyway, this leader gets a text message on Friday like, hey, I, I'm just coming now. Can I meet you outside? And they're kind of like, man, who is this person? I, I don't I have no idea who this person is. Anyway, they're out the front. And then this random kid rocks up and they realize, oh my gosh, it's you. Hey, they welcome them. They make them feel welcome. Anyway, the night goes on and it's, it's near the end of the service. Mind you, this is a non-Christian kid from a non-Christian family. And the youth leader's like, oh man, I wonder where the, the, this young girl is. I wonder where they found themselves. The, the leader was out in the new Christian space, then comes back into the auditorium. And this child who was here for the first time is right at the front of the altar call with hands lifted, just singing out to Jesus with all they've got. Can I tell you, there's something powerful about the presence of God. They then came back last Friday night. They were reported like, man, there's, I had so much fun. I want to be here every single week. And I believe we're going to see that whole family one to Christ. I believe we're going to see that whole place that they're a part of get saved. But can I tell you, it happens because people prioritize the presence of God. And can I tell you, I'm a big believer in that. (laughs) Hey, who's ready for God's Word today? Who believes that God's got something for them today? Come on, just me and three people. Who believes God's got something for them today? I didn't set my alarm for 6.45 a.m. this morning. That's what time I tried to wake up. It was actually 7.10. I'm trying to get better at that. But you know, 
I, I, my wife complains all the time, anyway, uh, about that specific thing, not about general life. That would be, she's actually really good in that regard. But I didn't set my alarm this morning. I didn't pray for this morning just because I came to tick a box. I came for an encounter with God. I came because I believe God's got something He wants to do in my life. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to me. And I don't, it doesn't matter how you came in today. You might be far from God. Someone might have invited you today. And this is your first time in church in over a decade. I'm here to tell you today, if you're in this room, I'm here to tell you, if you're watching online, God is wanting to speak to you today. God is wanting to move in your life today. There is something new that God has for you. So I encourage you, as we come to the Word of God, as we come around this time where we open the Bible, let's come with an expectation. Let's come with a hunger. Let's come with a belief that says, God, I don't want to move on until you do something. Like the faith of Jacob that says, I won't let you go until you bless me. Is there anyone in Nations Church today that didn't just come for a service, but came to wrestle with God and say, God, I won't leave this place until you do something in me. We have Vision Weekend next weekend, but can I tell you, I believe God wants to begin Vision Weekend right here today. There's something God wants to birth in this place today. And I know you might be like, man, who is this kid yelling at me? I'm yelling because I'm passionate, because I've got the Holy Ghost inside of me and I can feel His passion. And I know that I know that I know that God's got something to do in your life today. You guys ready for the Word of God? If you're watching online or you're in this room, I want to ask you, why don't we stand to our feet as we open the Word of God? The Bible is the only book that when you open it, it opens your heart. The Bible is the only book that when you read it, it reads you. The Bible is actually alive and active. It's not a book on a shelf. It's actually more like a sword. And today, I believe through God's Word, He wants to do something inside of you. And so we're going to turn to the book of Luke. Somebody say Luke. Someone say Luke. The most ochre Australian you can, Luke. Luke chapter number 5, we're going to pick up a story in verse number 17. If you've got your Bible, you can go there with me. If you don't have your Bible with you today, you can uh, just turn to the screen or should be right below me if you're watching online. It's, it's actually not here physically. It's just the media team. It's a miracle what they can do. Luke chapter 5, verse number 17. One day, Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem and the power. Somebody say power. power. Turn to your neighbor, say power. power. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Verse 18, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. Verse 19, when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. I love this. Jesus in the middle of his sermon doesn't get frustrated or annoyed at the interruption. No, Jesus, when he saw their faith. See, I just want to pause right there. Sometimes we think that faith is cute and cuddly. When you've got faith, sometimes it pushes you to do things that are radical. Sometimes your faith pushes you to do things that other people might criticize. Other people might say, oh man, what are you doing? That's an interruption. That's making me uncomfortable. But can I tell you, Jesus never criticizes your faith, no matter how it looks, no matter if the person next to you is uncomfortable, no matter if people want to blame you for it. Jesus, when He saw their faith, He doesn't tell them off. He instead turns to the sick man and said, friend, your sins are forgiven. God honors faith. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? 
Jesus knew that they, what they were thinking. And so he asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Verse 25, immediately, somebody say immediately. He stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Come on. He stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and he went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Nations Church, I believe my assignment from God for you today, for me, is to speak on the topic, the power of your faith. The power of your faith. Because we see time and time again, it's not always the will of God that moves the hand of God. Often it's the faith of broken, sinful, struggling people just like you, just like me. And I believe in this place today, before we even go into Vision Weekend, before we even go further into 2023, God wants to stir and unlock your faith today so that you can receive what He wants to do in you. Come on, if you're comfortable, and even if you're uncomfortable, lift your hands higher to God. We're gonna pray. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus. Even if you're online, lift your hands right in your living room today. Holy Spirit, I ask, would you come by your power and resurrect faith today? God, I pray, would this not be a cute, cuddly message? Would this be a move of your spirit? Would this be a move of God? Your word says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Father, I pray, would you insert faith in us today? Would you resurrect faith on the inside of us? And I pray that we'd go into 2023, not just hoping, not just trying to get by, but full of faith for what you're gonna do. And we give you glory, we give you praise, we give you honour and worship in advance in the name of Jesus. And if you believe that one, you shout Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a shout of praise. Amen, amen, amen. We love you, Jesus. Turn to your neighbour, and because I'm a youth pastor, I'm going to do it. Give them a high five. Say, I'm glad I'm sitting next to you. As you do, you can take your seat. Thank you so much. So good. The power of your faith. You know, last, uh, or not last week, at the start of this year, Pastor Ken preached a sermon to us as a whole church, to all campuses, to all countries, and talking about the new thing that God wants to do. Who who here remembers that message? The new thing God wants to do. It's not necessarily something God wants to do for you, but the new thing God wants to do in you. And I'm here to believe with that today, that there is a new thing that God actually wants to do in your life. There is something this year God wants to do inside of you. There's a way God wants to work in you. But so often I find that we can hear these messages about, yes, God wants to do this new thing. And yes, God's got these great things for me this year. And sometimes we can place an overemphasis on God's will. And we can place an underemphasis on the part that we play. But I'm here to tell you today that God doesn't just want to work for you. God actually wants to work with you. And I'm here to tell you today, the new thing that God wants to do in your life, the new thing God wants to do in my life and in our lives, it doesn't just happen out of thin air. I believe God actually wants to partner with our faith in order to receive what He has for us. And we see this pattern in Scripture time and time again, that God wants to do something, but He doesn't just do it for people. He actually partners with their faith. The woman with the issue of blood reached out, touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Jesus turned around and said, daughter, your faith. Somebody say, your faith. 
He doesn't say my power. He doesn't say my will. He says your faith has made you well. The two blind men that were wanting Jesus to heal them, Jesus comes up to them, asks, what do you want me to do for you? And they say, Rabbi, we want to see. And then Jesus says, according to your faith, be it unto you. And immediately their eyes were open and they could see. We see the centurion who wasn't even a Jewish person in that time. He wasn't even part of the family of God who had a sick servant. And the Bible actually records that it was according to his faith because he believed it would be done. God healed him in that moment. We see another blind man who Jesus spits in the ground and makes mud and puts it in his eyes and sends him on a journey to wash in a pool called Siloam. This is one of the most weirdest miracles in the Bible because sometimes we think coming to an altar, coming to an encounter with Jesus, we're always going to leave in better condition. But I'm here to tell you today, you can have an encounter with Jesus and leave worse than how you came. If you don't believe that, tell it to the blind man that had to walk to the pool of Siloam. He came to Jesus blind. He left Jesus blind and with mud in his eyes. But can I tell you, it wasn't just the will of God that healed him. It was as he partnered that will with his faith and began to walk on a journey step by step and obey what Jesus commanded him to do and wash in that pool. His eyes were open. And then we even see a Gentile woman who initially gets returned and says, no, no, it's not right for me to do this because I came for the lost sheep of Israel. And she says, no, even the dogs can eat the crumbs from the table. And Jesus' response to her was, your faith is great. Your request is granted. See, I'm here to tell you today that your faith has a bigger part to play in what God wants to do in you this year than sometimes we might realize. In fact, the Bible even says this in Hebrews 4 verse 2, that this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us us 21st century Christians as it was to them, the people of Israel in the Old Testament. But then this is one of the most challenging verses in the New, in the New Testament. It says, but it did them no good. Somebody say no good. Because they didn't share the faith of those who listen to God. So you can hear the exact same message as someone else. And God is able to do something specific in you and not in them. Not because God has changed but because you didn't share or they did not share the same faith that you had. Next weekend, we're going to hear an amazing vision from Pastor Ken and Chrissy as we look to 2023. But can I tell you, that vision is actually going to do my life no good unless I come believing and expecting God to do something inside of me. Because as the, although God is sovereign and God can move and do what He wants to do, the pattern of Scripture is He wants to partner His power with our faith in order to accomplish His will. And so I'm here to tell you today, to, it's time to stir up your faith because sometimes we can overplay the sovereignty of God But we should not blame the sovereignty of God for what God has commissioned our faith to accomplish. And my desire is to stir faith in you so that you can receive all that God has for you. Give me a wave if you want everything God's got for you this year. Come on, give me a wave if you believe this year you're going to draw closer to God than you've ever drawn in your life. Come on, give me a wave if you want to hear God's voice sharper than you've ever heard Him in your life. Come on, we all want to have momentum in what God has for us, but I'm here to teach us and to tell us today that the pattern of Scripture isn't just for God to be a genie and to do it, but it's for the power of God to be partnered with the faith of His people in order to accomplish the purposes of God in our life. Can you say amen? And so I want to go to this story in Luke chapter 5 because I believe this is one of the best illustrations of how the power of people's faith works with the power of God. 
And there's a couple of keys I want to take from this passage today because I believe that God wants to resurrect and awaken faith on the inside of you for all God wants to do in you this year. Is this okay? Are you with me this morning? I know I've been yelling and I'm sorry about that, but we're going to go for it today. The first thing I want us to take note of from this passage when it comes to faith, because I believe there's three things our faith can accomplish for us. And number one is this, our faith will prioritize the right places. Luke 5 verse 17, one day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. This is a peculiar verse because Jesus is God. So technically he could heal the sick whenever he wanted. And you know, this is true. God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. But we see in this scripture here that although Jesus can do whatever, whenever, sometimes the power of God can exist in a specific context. And you know, we see that the power of God didn't just have a timestamp. It actually had a physical location. I remember in my life, this was a few years ago, I was actually struggling uh, with, honestly, I was getting attacked in the nighttime. And uh, I, I would wake up in the night, and the, the best way, it felt like demonic attack. I couldn't sleep, and, you know, it, 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 was, it was really tormenting, if I'm totally honest. I was, I'm a Christian at this time. I'm a lover of Jesus. And I, was, I just was so confused because I'd pray when I went to bed, and I'd wake up still with, with this torment happening to me. And I wanted to break free of it, but I just I didn't know what to do. So I was praying. I was seeking God. I was doing everything that I knew how in order to actually, I guess, receive that freedom because I believe Jesus died to set me free, but I compared Jesus' death with my reality and they weren't matching up. And so I remember I was, I was praying and if I'm honest, you know, it wasn't, I didn't really have any sin in my life that I was practicing. It wasn't like there was any habitual stuff there. I mean, there's obviously the sin of like maybe the rude comment here or there or man, I was a bit rude to that person, but there was, there was nothing that was like a big deal in my life. And then one night I had this dream and in this dream, I remember I was in a house and I was in this house and I knew in the dream that there was someone outside the house that was actually trying to get at me to attack me. And so I'd locked all the doors, I'd locked all the windows, I'd closed everything and uh, I, I didn't know what to do. And so I went to the top floor of the house and as I'm in the top floor of the house, trying to protect myself from what might be outside, I look in the dream over to the corner of this room and I see this thing and it's got like no face, it's all elongated, it's got skin. And in my dream, this thing runs at me screaming, Aah! and then it hits me and I wake up in my bed. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me that, Matt, you've done the job, you've closed the doors, you've closed the windows, you've gone out of the habit of sin, but there's something that's still in your life that I actually want to deliver you from and set you free from. And so I started to get a faith in my heart that maybe the, the issue is spiritual and God wanted to set me free. And so I was praying, I was believing, and I'll never forget there was this one uh, random revival night at another church down the road that my wife and I decided to go to. And we were in worship, it wasn't even the sermon yet. And this guy comes up on stage 
And he says, you know, I feel like God's given me a word and there's some people and you struggle in the nighttime. You struggle with your sleep and I believe God wants to set you free. And I was like, that, that's me. And so because if that's you, would you just lift your hands and come forward? So I remember uh, being on my knees down at the front with my hands lifted and being prayed for. And in that moment, I just encountered the power, the reality of the presence of God. I felt the love of God. I felt the presence of God. And honestly, something shifted inside of my life that night. Some, it felt like something Something lifted off my life, and I've never had these night terrors since that moment. In one moment, God's power came and set me free. Now, was it the will of God for me to be free that whole time? 100%. Yes, absolutely. But I have experienced that God's power and His presence, although it's His will to do it everywhere, He often does it in specific locations and in specific times. And we see here in this passage that the power of the Lord was present with Jesus to heal the sick. Sometimes I ask myself and I wonder, why did, why did these guys that were carrying this dude on the, the mat, why didn't they just wait outside the door for Jesus to come outside? Like, why, why not wait till the end of the service? Or could it be that they recognized that the power of God actually had a unique opportunity in that moment? And although God is sovereign, they recognize, no, no, the anointing of God to deliver my friend, the anointing of God to heal my friend. Yes, God can do it, but I recognize there is a unique opportunity right now. And it's not outside the door, it's inside the house where Jesus is. And I came to tell us today, I feel God's placed in my heart to say that this year, to be a person of faith, to receive all that God has for you, God is wanting us to prioritize the right places again for His power to move. See, God God's power can be sovereign, but God's power can also be contextual. You know, and that's why Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. You know, pastors love to use this verse to tell their congregants, don't stay home, you got to come to church. And, you know, it's, it's great. But I believe part of the reason why we should come together is because in an atmosphere of believers together, there is an anointing from God to do something in that moment that won't happen outside of that moment. Yes, God can speak. Yes, God can move. But I've experienced time and time again, even the Bible demonstrates that God's power can be sovereign, but often His power is contextual. I want to even challenge you with this. Don't say, I'll watch Vision Sunday later. Prioritize the place of the presence of God and get yourself into the room. Because although some things can be taught, there are some things in God that you need to be present for because they must be caught. They get transferred to you in that moment. You know, I don't know what it looks like for you, but maybe this year, because you want to be a person of faith, maybe prioritizing the right places looks like actually signing up to a connect group and actually getting into an atmosphere where other believers are. Maybe it looks like prioritizing Sundays as a family, saying, you know what, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Maybe for you, it looks like prioritizing the place of the prayer meeting with your friends, whatever that spaces, I just feel to stir someone today that for God to do what His will is on the inside of you, our faith actually looks like prioritizing the right places. One more quick testimony. Is that okay? So it's probably not like the most comfortable message you could hear on a Sunday. You need to get your life in order. Me too. But can I tell you, I believe if we can just obey the Lord that He's revealing through these scriptures, it will change our life. I remember very briefly, I, uh, 
years ago, I struggled so much with like oppression. I, I felt like I wasn't right with God. And I, honestly, it was like a year and a half of doubting whether God loved me, doubting whether God was real. I was praying. I was seeking God's face, but nothing would shift. And I, I remember it was actually a, a church service that I went to, and I'd been, I had scriptures. I was declaring them. I was believing them. And I'll never forget there was an altar call moment where, honestly, Jesus just came and stood before me. And I remember in that moment being so undone by who he was. So I was crying. I was bawling my eyes out. And I physically felt this like weight of like feeling not right with God lift off my life in that moment. And I believe in that moment, Jesus set me free. He delivered me. And yes, there might have been times since that moment. I was like, oh man, have I gone too far here? Or what is God proud of me now? But that weight, that constriction in my chest, that restriction that I had, it actually left me and it hasn't been the same since that moment. Jesus set me free. But can I tell you, it wasn't even at Nations Conference it wasn't at Vision Sunday. It was at a random 6 p.m. service in number 10 Hayden Court on a Sunday night, probably in the middle of August, when it was just another week in the house of God. But I'm so glad because I know if I, if I didn't prioritize the right place that night, I, would have, I don't believe I would have been set free that night. I'm here to tell you today there are some things God wants to do in you. And yes, our own devotion time is so important, but also there are some things God wants to do in you that happened in the gathering of the saints in the context of the believers where the anointing of God comes and it's a unique opportunity for God to do a unique thing. Point number one, faith will prioritize the right places. Point number two, somebody say point number two. Faith pushes past obstacles. Faith pushes past obstacles. Now, being, I guess, a part of this house for some time, I've had the privilege of being in our junior high program that happens every Sunday uh, for year sixes to year nines, literally right down there in our next-gen wing. And I remember I, I was preaching a sermon one day on this story of the man with the paralyzed mat, and I thought it'd be really cool to do a visual example of what it would look like. And so we got a carpet on the stage and asked, you know, who's the young person that would like to, uh, you know, come and, and be the paralyzed man for us today? And all the hands, you know, go up. Anyway, I, I chose the lightest kid I could find, and I was like, come on, why don't you lie here? And I remember holding the, this mat with someone else on the other end, and if I'm honest, I was shocked at how heavy it was. Like, now I, I know, I know, I know I've got huge muscles. I know, I know, it's, I know it's confusing. But in that moment, it was like, it was, I only held him for like two and a half minutes and it was exhausting. It was tiring. It, and, and, and this child wasn't even a man. It was like an 11 year old child that's a little bit malnourished potentially, you know, it's like probably like 40 kilograms, like uh, kind of the late bloomer, you know what I mean? It's like, should you be in jump? I don't know, you're here now, get in, you know? And so I was way, I was heavy. And it got me thinking, if that's how much that was difficult for me, imagine what these guys felt that day. That they didn't just hold him for two and a half minutes. They carried him from a nearby village, four of them, and they brought him to the place where Jesus was. They went on a journey and it would have been difficult. It would have been hard. It, it would have had its moments where they just wanted to give up. And like, man, just too, can't we just wait for Jesus to come to us? Can't we just wait, you know, for maybe there's an online service we can do. I'm just kidding. Uh, you, know, you know, can't we just wait for like Jesus to just be a bit more convenient? But they brought him and then we see this story. They go through this massive journey and then they get there and the place is full and they can't even get in. They're at a crossroads where they've gone through a difficult journey already and then another obstacle's in front of them. They're at the door. 
And the door is the gap between where they currently are and the place of breakthrough God's brought them to be. And they had an option in that moment. They could have said, you know what, it's too hard, it's too difficult. We've tried, we, we did our best, it's all right, God, God knows our heart. You know, it's just call it a day, we'll, we'll bring him back and we'll, we'll try again tomorrow. Or they could have said to themselves, you know what, God hasn't brought us to this place just to leave us here. God hasn't brought us to a closed door to keep it closed. No, I believe God has brought us here today because He's got something He wants to do today. And they innovated, they thought, and they creatively came up with a solution and actually was able to get the man inside the house by going on the roof. Maybe you're here today and maybe there's some things you've been believing for in your life. Maybe there's been a mental health battle you've been going through. And if you're honest, as you've journeyed with God, it's got from bad to worse. You've gone from bad to even worse. And maybe it feels like you're at a closed door. Maybe God's given you faith this year that this is the year He wants to bring restoration in your family. And you've been praying for that. You've been believing that. But every time your family and kids get together, it's conflict and arguments and there's division and separation. Or maybe for you in your business, you believe God's called your business to thrive and to use the resources for the kingdom. But if you're honest, this month you're in the red more than you were last month. The finances are going down. You've been on a journey. There's been obstacles and you find yourself at an obstacle yet again. I'm here to tell you today, just like it was for the people in Luke chapter 5, that when faith faces an obstacle, faith doesn't tap out. Faith stays in the game and believes God, that He's the God who can make a way where there is no way, that nothing is too hard for Him, that if God's birthed that faith inside of you, it's because He wants to bring it unto completion today. I'm here to tell you today, number one, faith prioritizes the right places. And number two, faith over pushes past obstacles. And point number three, and I want to invite the worship team to come join me. Faith takes hold of the breakthrough. We can talk a lot about faith and what it can do because, you know, we, we prioritize the right place and you, we make this a priority to be in the, the presence of God. We talk about how faith helps us push past and stay believing and keep on praying even when we're not seeing the shift. But something you got to know about faith is that faith just won't get your hopes high. Faith won't just get you hungry for God. Faith will actually lead you to a place of receiving what it is God has promised you. Faith will not just tease you with a breakthrough, tease you with what God wants to do. Faith actually takes hold of the breakthrough. They found an opening. They lowered him down. And, you know, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And they're all upset. And then we, we, we jump into the story and Jesus knew what they were thinking in verse 22. Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. See, I believe there is an assignment on your faith this year. Not from God, but from the enemy. Because faith is the currency of the kingdom of heaven. That what God wants to do inside of your life, He actually desires to operate with in partnership your faith. And I believe the enemy wants to undermine your faith 
He wants to put doubt. He wants to put disappointment. He wants to get you from a place of believing God to a place of contentment in your life. And maybe He will attack you by telling you, no, you don't need to go to church. You don't need to prioritise that place. You don't need to prioritise the secret place. You don't need to pray today. You've got a busy week. Maybe He'll whisper to you, no, no, don't worry about going to Connect Group. Or maybe He'll tell you when you get to the door, the obstacle, come on, it's too hard. Just give up. Stop believing God. Stop praying. Stop asking God. The door's closed. If it's God's will, the door would have opened. He will lie to you. Why? Because He's trying to quench the faith you have. Because faith is the conduit that God uses to get His kingdom and His will to us. But what I find so interesting is before Jesus healed the man, there's a moment where they let the man down and Jesus sees him on the mat lying before him. And He looks up and He, and he sees the four friends and He's not upset for the interruption He's not disappointed that his sermon got cut short. The Bible says in Luke 5 verse 20 that Jesus saw their faith. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Jesus looks at them and he, and he doesn't see four friends that are an interruption. He doesn't even see their background. He doesn't even see how sinless they've been or how good they are. What he sees when he looks at them is faith. That they believe that I am able to heal their friend. He looks at them and He sees their expectation and He sees their faith. My question for me today and for you and for you that's watching online is when Jesus looks at you, what does He see? When He looks at you, does He see an expectation and a faith for what He wants to do? Or does He see someone that's given up prioritising the right places? Does He see someone that's allowed obstacles to overcome Him? See, Jesus is not looking for perfection. Otherwise, none of us would make it. Jesus is looking for faith. That's why Luke 18 verse 8 says, I tell you, He'll be quick to help them. But when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on the earth? He's not necessarily interested in your good deeds. He's looking for your faith. But why? Why is He looking for faith? And I believe the answer is in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9. It says that we, somebody say we. Tap yourself, say we. We are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 tells us that yes, we are servants of God. Yes, we're children of God. But then it adds a layer on top of that. And it says that we are God's fellow workers workers. That it's not just God who does the work and we just hope it happens. God doesn't just want to work for you. God wants to work with you. Sometimes and more often than not, before God brings us into a reality, He gives us expectation and faith for that reality. Before God brings us business, uh, you know, breakthrough in our business, He brings expectation and faith that He's going to bring a breakthrough in our business. But oftentimes before He heals us, He brings a faith in us that He wants to heal us. Sometimes before He sets us free, He places an expectation in us for freedom. Why? Because you are not just God's worker. You're His fellow worker. You're His co-laborer. You are someone that God wants to work with in order to see His will done, not just in your life, but in your world, in your family, in your workplace, 
and in the lives of those in your world this year. So your faith and my faith can inhibit or enable God's power. So where is your faith today? And maybe you hear today saying, Matt, I'm all in my faith sky high. Amazing. Stay in faith. Or maybe you're a bit like me today. And maybe there's some things, some promises, some stuff that I've been believing God to do. But if I'm honest, I've allowed disappointment to creep in. I've allowed obstacles to have more meaning than they should. I've allowed busyness to stop me from prioritizing the right places. I believe today in this room, in this moment online, God wants to recorrect us to say, no, no, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I will be a person of faith. I'm getting back on the bandwagon of faith because I want to walk and receive everything that God has for me today. Thanks for listening to the Nations Church podcast. For more info, please visit nationschurch.com.